back with another episode of your favorite Bible reading program. It's the Lord of the Storm. Hello and welcome. I am Dan Parr, your Bible reading friend, and today we are reading Acts chapter 16, which is where I invite you to turn now. As always, I'll be reading from the easy to understand and read EUR version, which can be picked up online at amazon.com. Today, Timothy asks an important question. You want to cut off my what? Paul and Silas sing the original jailhouse rock. The Holy Spirit says no to preaching to Asians, and someone gets on Paul's last nerve. Have you noticed that I put a little different spin on the stories? <laughs> Let's ask the Lord to bless the reading of his word before I get into trouble. Father, thank you for your word. As we read today, speak to us and help us to hear you. May your presence be evident and may it lead us to a closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts 16. Paul came to Derby and Lystra. There was a disciple there named Timothy, who was the son of a Jewish woman who believed, and his father was a Greek. The brothers who were at Lystra and Iconium gave a good testimony about him. Paul wanted to have him come along with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered the decisions which had been agreed upon by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and increased in number daily. When they had gone through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came opposite of Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit didn't allow them. Passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There was a man from Macedonia standing, begging him and saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we decided to go out to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the good news to them. Setting sail from Troas, we made straight course to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to a Roman colony named Philippi, which is a city of Macedonia, the leading of the district. We stayed in this city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside of the city by a riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatria, who was a seller of purple linen who worshipped God, heard us. The Lord opened her heart to listen to the things which Paul spoke. When she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have found me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. So she persuaded us. As we were going to prayer, a girl having a spirit of fortune-telling met us. She made her masters much money by this spirit. Following Paul and us, she cried out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling us the way of salvation. She was doing this for many days, but Paul, becoming greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. It came out of her that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope for more profit from her was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. When they brought them to the rulers, they said, these Jewish men are troubling our city and promote ways which are not lawful for us to accept or follow since we are Romans. The crowd rose up against them and the government leaders stripped their clothes off of them and commanded them to be beaten with rods. After they had whipped them many times, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to keep them secure. Having received such a command, he threw them into the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly there was such a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains became loose. The jailer, being woken from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, for he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. He called for lights, then ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. He took them that same hour of the night and cleansed their wounds, and was immediately baptized, he and all his household. He brought them into his home and set food before them and rejoiced greatly with all his household, having come to faith in God. But when it was day, the government leaders told the officers, Let those men go. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The leaders have sent word to let you go. Now you can come out and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us, men who are Romans, publicly, without a trial, and have thrown us into prison. And now they want to release us secretly? No, most certainly not. Tell them to come themselves and lead us out. The officers reported these words to the leaders, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens, and they came and begged them. After they had brought them out, they asked them to leave the city. They left the prison and went to Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them, then left. So I believe this is the first mention of Timothy that we have. He's probably a young man at this point, but he's old enough to be spoken well by others and certainly old enough to know what's going on. So when the word says Paul circumcised him, it makes me think he was already a man of great faith to undergo this procedure, especially when we know that, spiritually speaking, it's not necessary. Yeah, so yesterday in chapter 15, there was a big controversy over circumcision, And the end result was the church leaders agreed with Paul that it's not necessary for salvation, as the work Jesus did on the cross is what saves us as we repent and turn to him. But here, the very next chapter, we see Paul giving in to the pressure of the Jews, seemingly, and has Timothy undergo the operation. I wonder why this was, since we know Paul isn't one to back away from an argument, as we've seen many times already. But maybe it's because he just knew that it was the fastest way to get past their objections. He knew it wasn't about salvation. It was simply a way to more easily get to the heart of the issue, the good news, and remove this mental barrier others would have. There's our example to follow too. 1 Corinthians 8.9 tells us, Be careful, your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. I also thought it was interesting that twice Paul is prevented from speaking the gospel to a group of people. First in Asia, then another city. It seems a little odd because the people there, just like everywhere else, need to hear the good news of Jesus. Yet when Paul is ready and willing to go and do it, he gets told no, or actually prevented is what we're told. Doesn't God want them to hear? Well, of course the answer is yes. God desires that all should be saved. The Bible tells us so in 1 Timothy 2.4. But I think that timing is everything. For whatever reason, either it wasn't the right time for them to hear, maybe they wouldn't accept it right then, or Paul wasn't the right person to preach it to them. Maybe they needed a person with a different style that they'd be more receptive to hearing. So really not much of a controversy like I was trying to make it out before the reading. Just God organizing and getting things lined up so the word would be most impactful in their lives when they did hear. There were just a couple of other things I was going to mention. One was this fortune-telling girl who was following Paul and Silas around and just got on Paul's last nerve. 
She was following them around saying, these men are telling you how to be saved, which, you know, sounds right. She's being their hype man. (laughs) But obviously, it wasn't being done to help them and was just a huge annoyance. I tried to make her sound annoying in the reading too. Um, So Paul casts out the demon she has that allowed her to do fortune telling. And now it all starts to come to a head for Paul and Silas against the people of the city. They were fine letting them talk about Jesus. But when he shows up through their words and starts interfering with their way of life, then they become furious. That's still true today too. A lot of people are fine if you talk about Jesus, but once he starts shaking things up, impacting lives, confronting evil, then it can be a problem if they're not willing to surrender their lives to him. So they throw them in jail where Paul and Silas are singing praises to God. It would have been very easy for them to sit there and complain or commiserate with each other, but it would have only made things worse, certainly not better. Psalm 22.3 tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. And Philippians 4.4 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. This is where the rubber really meets the road. What are we going to do when things are horrible? Complain? That's the exact opposite of what God tells us to do. If we want to see things start to get better, even if it's just in our attitude, we need to put the word of God into practice and start praising him. You may think, things are horrible. What am I going to praise him for? Back to Philippians 4. By prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which exceeds all understanding, will guard your hearts and thoughts in Christ Jesus. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, admirable, think about these types of things, and the peace of God will be with you. So, by doing these things, that is how we win the battle, even if the battle is just won in our own minds. So, there's your 50 cents worth of encouragement for today. Let's pray. Lord, when we face trials and temptations, remind us of who you are, the great I am of all that we need. You are the beginning and the end of all things, the creator of heaven and earth, and our Father, who greatly loves us and who sacrificed on the cross so we could be made right with you. Help us put into practice what you've told us so we can correct our thinking, our assessment of situations, and declare victory over whatever we face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's going to put a pin in it for now, but I'm looking forward to our next time together. Thanks for listening today. God bless.